98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. All right, 3 o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We are about two weeks, three weeks away from media day for the Phoenix Suns, the opening of training camp, the beginning of you know camp and preseason games, and probably about a month, month and a half away, a little less than that, from the opener of the season. And of course, one of the big questions for the Suns and their fans is simply this. The team as it's built right now, is this how the team is going to look when they open that training camp? Is this how this team is going to look when they open that preseason and that regular season? And like a lot of stuff, Gambo, it appears that kind of remains to be seen. Yeah, I think it really depends on can they get a player that they that they like now or do they wait this out? Now again, the six and a half million tax, the six and a half million taxpayer exception, I think at some point they will use that, but I'm not so sure that that's something that they're going to use now. I don't think that they have to use that now. I think it's possible that they use that at the trade deadline or in the buyout market or somewhere in that area. So it really comes down to, is there a player that they like right now that they can make a deal for since they lost out or they didn't get Kevin Durant? They were obviously interested in Durant. They never got close to getting Durant. Nobody did. But now you're looking at the Phoenix Suns. You're saying, okay, what else they can do? I reported last week where you were gone that the Phoenix Suns had contacted the Utah Jazz about the ability of Boyan Bogdanovich. And I'll tell you today, and I told you yesterday, I'll, I'll get an update for you. I'll work on this. I'll see what I can I can get. And what I can tell you today is that the Suns are still interested in Boyan Bogdanovich. There are several teams that are interested. The team that is uh, showing the most interest is the Lakers. Another team showing a lot of interest is the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> and another team that the Suns would be in contention with that just showed initial interest recently is the New York Knicks. So the Knicks, the Mavs, the Lakers, and the Suns. I do think that one of those teams will get Boyan Bogdanovich. Lakers showing the most interest, then Dallas, the Suns, and the Knicks. Are, the, the Knicks kind of came in late like they do with everything. Um <laughs> So I don't know if the Knicks will get him. But this really comes down to you this he is the problem with it. You nobody has offered more than one first round pick that I know of. Okay? So I don't I don't know I don't believe that anybody said I'll give you two first round picks. It's gonna be draft picks and expiring contracts. That's what it's going to be. Draft picks and expiring contracts. But at this point, the Suns are in a tough spot because whose first round draft pick would you rather have? Phoenix or New York's? I'd rather have New York. Phoenix or the Lakers? I'd rather have the Lakers. Phoenix or Dallas? I'd rather have... It's close, but I'd rather have Dallas. Right. Well, Brunson's gone, too, Yeah, that's uh, Yeah, yeah, that one's closer, but I'd rather have Dallas's, yeah. Hmm. So that's where you come into a problem. You come into a problem in... The Suns' first round draft. If if ever, if all things are equal, they're not taking your offer, because if you and I did hear that a deal may have to include Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit may be in a deal if the Suns do make a deal. So be prepared for that. If the Suns make a deal, it might have to be Jay or and Dario or you know Jay and Landry or Dario and Landry. The reports I'm getting on Dario in the international competition right now, by the way, are not good. He does not look good, looks slow, and really struggling over coming out of that injury. Um, 
But that, but the other thing is, could you now offer a first and a second? Could that get it done? Hey, I'll give you a first, but then I'll also give you a second. It's still an asset. I mean, it's not a great asset, but it's still an asset. So that's the thing that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at right now. The Suns are in this. They're definitely in it. You might have to give up more than one first-round draft pick. Now, two first-round draft picks, you may get it done right now. I think if you went to the Jazz and you said, here's the expiring contracts, here's two first-round draft picks. The other thing is, couldn't would the Jazz be would the Jazz want you to push that draft pick down the road? Could that make it more enticing? Right now, all things being equal, you don't have the best draft pick. But what if you say, hey, we'll push the draft pick to 2025? Okay, 2025, Chris Paul's going to be retired. Would, then it, would, it, would it be more in, interesting for them to take that draft pick than a draft pick now? I just, I, okay, I was listening to you, and, and I was also at the same time doing the, and I haven't done this all off season. I did the NBA trade machine just to see the numbers. Yeah. Jay Crowder and Landry Shamit for Boyan Bogdanovich works. That's, Financially, yeah, it, it, it that's works. That's why I heard today that Shamit might have to be involved in the deal. Yeah, it, it, it works. Um, Crowder is at like 10.2. Shamit's at 9.5. Bogdanovich is at 19.5. Uh, so financially, you can, you you can make that Trade work number-wise. Well, I've, honestly, I don't, I'm not... Big on this. I don't. I don't, do, have, I don't do never, this. I've never once done that. I, I, I don't do this very often. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to see what numbers we need it, to do was, to make that did, happen. Did you enjoy it? Uh, did you see yourself doing it more? No, not really. No. Okay. No. I have never once done a trade You've machine. Never done the no, I've never done machine. that. I've seen people do the trade machine. Yeah. Like I've seen people publish stories where they took like screenshots of the trade machine to see whether something works or not. Um, well, okay. It's funny. Everything that you said. Okay. The thing that stands out the most to me are the two Western Conference teams that want Boyan Bogdanovich. And not that you'd go get him just to keep him away from those teams. I don't want Bogdanovich going to Dallas. I don't want Bogdanovich going to the Lakers. I, I, I having I, to play with Pat Bev. Bogdanovich going to New York? Fine. Go to go to New York. But those two teams are teams that I mean Bogdanovich was in Utah and it's not like he was a problem for the Suns the last couple of years in the playoffs, but but I don't I don't want to see him going to a Western Conference team and making them stronger and making them stronger and better. I, I and don't. You don't get him. And you don't get sure. I don't I don't want that to it's happen. It helped that Kevin Durant didn't go to New Orleans. Kevin Durant didn't go to Golden State. He didn't like he didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So no harm. No, so no harm, harm done. No harm foul. But there could be a harm there could be harm if Bogdanovich ends up with there are four teams interested in Bogdanovich, three of them in the Western Conference. Yeah. Lakers, Dallas, Suns in the West, Knicks in the East. That's the interest in Bogdanovich right now. And I would think Utah could use that to their advantage to have a little mini bidding war for that. I mean, you've got three teams in the Western Conference, all of whom have championship aspirations this year. Some of them are closer to the others, but let's be honest. Dallas, the Lakers, and the Suns, those are three teams that think they can win a championship this year. Three teams that, bo- that are in the Western Conference. You can use that if you're Utah to play those three teams against each other, I would think, to try to get yourself the best offer you possibly can out there. Um, what if you had to do a first in two seconds? If I had to do a first, oh, it, yeah, maybe a first in two seconds gets it done. You're trying to like not give them that. two first-round picks. You are trying to not give them two first-rounders. If you're the Suns, you're trying to do it without it. But you know that there's interest in the other teams, and if they're offering a first just like you, their firsts are better. So now, okay, I'll give you a first and a second. Well, okay, then the Lakers like, I'll give you a first and a second. I'll give you a first and two seconds. And, you know, 
You do got that's three draft picks. Yeah, that's three draft picks yeah. for a guy that's on expiring contract. Yeah, and, and that's probably the, why the price has been relatively low because he's on an expiring contract. I would do a first and two seconds. Okay, okay. I think I said yesterday I'd do two firsts. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm desperate to win one of these things now. You know how I stand on this. Yeah. I, I I want this. I want a championship now, and I think Bogdanovich is the kind of player who can who can help get you there faster. But if you can get away with a first and two seconds and not yeah. give up the two firsts, yeah, I do not believe that anybody is off for two first-round picks yet. Okay. I think that, you know, we'll see if it gets to that, but you might be able to get it done with the first and then including some seconds. But don't be surprised if Landry Shamit's in that deal if they make a trade with the Jazz. Don't be All surprised. Right. Good information. We uh, need to know a little bit more about this new-look Chiefs team. Are they actually that different than last year's team? We go to Kansas City, and we find out next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Chiefs coming up this weekend. Looking forward to the game. It's a big opener for the Arizona Cardinals. And joining us right now to help us preview the Kansas City Chiefs. Kind of new look, kind of not. Their beat writer who covers the team every single day for ESPN.com, Adam Teicher, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Adam, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome to the show. Thank you for your time. You bet. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Let, let's uh, let's start with this AFC West and how brutal this is going to be before we talk Cardinals, Chiefs. And with Russell Wilson, the addition in Denver, and, and Herbert and the charges, and the Raiders and all the moves they made, getting Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. Boy, this is going to be, this may be the toughest division that I've known in my lifetime covering football. Yeah, it, it should be a good one. Uh, you know, I just, it's fun to watch all the teams loading up, you know, and all the moves that um, everybody made and the Broncos picking up a, a franchise quarterback. So, yeah, these games will be fun. I had somebody around the league tell me that the games in the AFC West are going to be like playoff games. They're going to have that kind of intensity. So, uh, um, you know, four days after, five days after the uh, Chiefs play the Cardinals, they got a Thursday night game at home against the Chargers. So, uh, that's for the Chiefs when the real fun starts, for sure. Yeah, well, we were, in fact, we had mentioned yesterday, Gambo brought to my attention a tweet, and I'm sure this has been much talked about in Kansas City, so my apologies for not being aware about it until sooner. But, like, the first eight games the Chiefs play are all from winning teams a year ago, and that's never happened in the NFL. I mean, how just that alone, Adam, how much has that been discussed around Kansas City? Yeah, well, the first six quarterbacks they play in order are Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Matt Ryan, um, uh, Tom Brady. I guess I almost forgot about Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Derek, uh, uh, Derek Carr and Josh Allen in order. I mean, that, that's what the Chiefs are looking at there. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of a uh, uh, murderer's role a little bit. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, they've got a lot of new going on on defense. They, they might have as many as four or five rookies uh, playing significant roles. Certainly at least, uh, at least four of them are. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs handle it on Sunday. In, in, in Arizona and whether uh, you know, they can stand up to what uh, Kyler Murray is bringing. Yeah, you know, we, we have a little envy right now because you guys have everybody healthy in the Cardinals. Hudson, Rodney Hudson didn't practice today. Marcus Golden hasn't practiced in a while. They, Trayvon Mullen, Antonio Hamilton burned himself in the kitchen. He's out. Uh, the backup quarterback, Colt McCoy, he's going to be out for four weeks. J.J. Watt hasn't practiced. Somehow the Cardinals, who were in bubble wrap for the last month, have a lot of guys injured going into this game. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's uh, obviously to the Chiefs' advantage. Uh, you know, and they're the ones who probably played their starters as much or more than any team in the league. Uh, you know, they played uh, the, almost the first half in uh, the second preseason game and got some work in the first game. It just just Most starters just played a little bit uh, in that third game, but that's kind of the way the preseason's going, so that's kind of ironic. Uh, so we'll see uh, what kind of factor it is on Sunday for sure. Adam Teicher, he covers the Kansas City Chiefs for ESPN. ESPN.com. He's our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. Okay, the, the, you look from a distance, and obviously we are, and clearly the biggest change is, is no Tyreek Hill, but obviously with Kelsey and with the additions of Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scanning, and of course just the mere fact that Andy Reid is there and Patrick Mahomes is there. Take me inside what's going on with kind of the Chiefs fandom in the organization right now. What's the level of conversation and concern about just how different offensively they might look or is there no concern at all because it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> no there's concern um, you know it, and no one knows uh, I, I don't even, the Chiefs don't even know exactly what this is going to look like from week to week or even game to game or even within a game they just don't know I mean there, this is a little bit of uncharted territory I mean it's been um, Kelsey and Hill, and, and that's been the groups basically since Mahomes has been uh, um, their, quarter, their starting quarterback. So it's a different deal for sure. And um, so, um, you know, the, the, the guess is that the, th- the thing's going to go okay. Maybe the Chiefs won't be as explosive, but they'll be uh, still an efficient, uh, you know, high scoring team. But we'll see. You know, personally, I just feel like with Pat Mahomes at quarterback and Andy Reid at head coach of over the long haul things are going to be fine um and that doesn't mean there's going to be some bumps in the road they were horrible in the second half for instance in the afc championship game last year against cincinnati i mean that was just like a team who'd never been coached so um they, they just completely were outclassed by the Bengals in the second half and it showed and uh, you know so you you know you're going to have bumps in the road like that but i think and, and maybe i can't tell you it won't be that way on sunday against the cardinals but uh, i think over the long haul all things are going to work out for this group because of who their quarterback is and who their head coach is. Yeah, I'm fascinated by these starts. You know, we, we talked about this during the preseason. And Mahomes plays in preseason games. He's played in, you know, I think 15 out of 17 preseason games in his career or something like that. But his numbers in week one are unbelievable, right? 13 touchdown yeah. passes, no interceptions, passer rating of over 133, completion percentage over 71, 300 yards passing, hasn't lost a game. What what do you relate that to? How, why is he so good in week one? Is it because of the preseason? Yeah, well, it, it, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you know, you, you look starting in actually 2017, the year before he became, he, he was a rookie and it, it was a backup that year to Alex Smith. From 17 through 21, they started off each of those years, either four or five and oh. Now, last year was a different deal. They started off uh, one and two and eventually three and four before they uh, won like, uh, I think it was eight games in a row. But so they, it, last year was the, was the outlier. But, you know, Andy Reed runs a certain type of training camp that's really a wonder to watch. I mean, I've covered other Chiefs coaches, and they, the Chiefs get more good work done in training camp than they ever did. I, I can't compare them to other teams. I can't compare them to the Cardinals in that regard because I've not seen the Cardinals in training camp or, or, or any other team for that matter. But I, I can tell you the Chiefs get a lot of good work done in training camp, and it's not just the preseason. I mean, I think that part of it's important, but um, it, it doesn't answer all of it. But that's something to, to, to 
keep in mind is the Chiefs, other than last year, have started the year's seasons very quickly, on, uh, and that even goes back to before Mahomes' time. So uh, I can't tell you they're going to be four and zero or five and zero to start this season, but. I, I, it won't be because they goofed off or wasted their time in, in training camp in the preseason. I feel like they are a better team now than they were when uh, definitely a better team when they left training camp. But I don't know that you can say that about all NFL teams. You know, I think a lot of them, uh, or some of them at least, uh, you know, aren't very efficient when they practice and there's fights and things like that. There, there's none of that stuff at Chiefs camp. There really hasn't been a fight of note since Andy Reid's been their coach, and this is his tenth season. So. Uh, you know, it's one of those deals where they just work at it. You know, they just get after it in a football sense, and it uh, seems to pay off. Adam, we appreciate the time. Thanks for uh, took us a minute or two to hook up, but we appreciate you coming on the phone, all right? Hey, anytime, guys. Thanks. Adam Teich for joining us from ESPN. Covers the Kansas City Chiefs. He joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, a six-man rotation for the Arizona Diamondbacks, is it? Oh, and I have an update on the closer, too. Uh, uh, oh, really? I have an update on the closer. A six-man rotation and an update on the closer situation. Wow, more than we bargained for. Next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Welcome back here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Yeah, the D-backs and the Padres again. And uh, Gambo said it best earlier in the show. What a... Uh, and it's frustration we've dealt with all year, right? But you invest yourself into a game. You watch it. I watched it nearly from beginning to end last night. Diamondbacks are at so one invested. point up five nothing, four and a half innings into the game, and even then Merrill Kelly, you know, hands the game over to the bullpen with a one run lead. Right? Yeah, he just hit a bunch of started hitting home runs, back to back homers. They just started to hit home runs. Yeah, it's it, but he still leaves the game with a lead and gave him yeah. seven innings. He, yeah. he did his job last night. It might not have been the the prettiest. He did his job. To invest yourself that much into a game only to see it unravel as quickly as it did last night and to know how big of a problem that's been all year. And we've said this so many times. Man, you take half of the blown saves, right, by the Diamondbacks this year and you unblow them. They're in the playoff race, right? You, you, they're, they're there. They're right in the middle of they're the conversation. In, let's, let's just look. Let's, you know, for, for blanks and giggles, let's just look. So they are right now, they are nine games out of a wild card spot. If you're saying, t- tell me, the, give me the blown saves. How many blown saves did they have? They've got 21 blown saves. So time. if you half that, that's okay. Let's just say 10. Okay. You pick up 10 more, you win those 10 games. You've got 75 wins and 60 losses. You're 15 games over 500. You're a playoff team. You're a playoff team. You're ahead of San Diego. You're ahead of Philly. You're you're the first playoff team. Are you the first playoff team? Philly's the 74 and 61. Yeah, you are, you'd be right. 75 and 60. You'd, you're right. you'd be you're, you're you'd be the number one playoff team. Just half, half, just half. Well, you'd be half. the Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You'd be you'd be a wildcard team. Just half. Yeah. Well, the actually the Braves are the, the first. Bra- that's wild what card I was team. looking at. The Braves yeah. are the first wild card. You'd team. be the second wild card. The Braves team. just have such a lead over everybody else. They almost look like they're the not a wild card. Braves are about to overtake team. the Mets. who are falling apart. Yes, the Mets are falling yeah. apart. You'd be the second wild Jerry card. Jerry Kuzman team. and John Matlack are not walking through that door <laughs> for the Mets. <laughs> All right, Tom Seaver. So before we talk about the six man rotation thing, you uh, jumped in and said mm-hmm. you've got some news about the closer situation. I did. You did. Yeah. What do you? That's got? what I do. I'm a news guy. 
That's what I get. Look, I'm expecting that in a situation tonight in which the Diamondbacks have the lead in the ninth inning in a game that would require a save, that they will not be going to Mark Melanson or Ian Kennedy. Okay. They will not be going to either one of those guys. So that is what my expectations are that neither one of those guys gets the opportunity to close. I believe the Diamondbacks are going to make some changes here. Now, um, I I think, and I, I think, did you say Kyle? Who said Kyle Nelson? I mentioned Kyle Nelson. I like just that. I mean, his ERA is unbelievable. I think it's more likely that they go with one of their veteran guys and give somebody else a shot. So now, I'm not sure who it's going to be, but I'm going to give you two names. Uh, Reyes Moranta. And Caleb Smith are possibilities, strong possibilities. Veteran pitchers, I mean, Maranta's been in this league for a long time. He's got 164 games pitched. He's got a lifetime ERA of 2.91. He throws pretty hard. And then Caleb Smith, who, you know, might be, you know, listen, I'm not a Caleb Smith fan because of his tantrums and all of that stuff. Totally gritted my teeth when you said that name. I'm like, Caleb Smith. I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm not a total fan of his, but it is, again, a lot of experience for him, a lot of games. Um, you know, Nelson's still very, very young. They may not want to put him in that situation. So what I would expect is if they are in a close game tonight that would require a save situation, that you will not see Melanson, you will not see Kennedy in those spots. I think that they're going to I expect I expect that they're going to try something different. So those are a couple names to look for. Depending on the situation, you could go with a Caleb Smith or a Reyes Maranta. I I think one of those guys may get the shot if you're up two one or two nothing or three one or something or whatever it is. You got a three less a three run or a less lead and you need a save. It's it's the the irony of it all is that it, every it felt like of all the things this team would struggle with this year this would not be that thing. They invested two years and fourteen million dollars in Mark Melanson. It was really the first time and Kennedy's been good. It, it, but it, yeah, and, and Kennedy has been good. I but, expected him to be good, but and maybe Kennedy wasn't. I don't know. Wasn't ready. To be thrust back into the closer's role, he was never really supposed to be the closer. No, he, he was, was always supposed to be that, and, no. and that shouldn't matter. You still have to get your job done. You still have to do it when you're asked to do it. But the fact that uh, th- this team had kind of, you know, piecemealed and duct taped their bullpen, their closer specifically, the last several years, right? Whether it's Rodney or Botsberger or Archie Bradley or Greg Holland, right? It was always oh kind of closer on the cheap and let's go get a guy at the end and 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 so it shouldn't surprise anybody when their bullpen wasn't working who was out the uh who, who was the asian guy that they had for a couple of years here he was an older player oh the uh, uh the japanese was, pitcher yeah, yeah. I, was, I was mess up his i can't get his name right but they had him like at one point they had three guys in a bullpen they were spending less than five million dollars yes right they had three guys in the bullpen seventh eighth and ninth inning guys that were spending less than five million bucks for those guys I mean, that was, you know, that's what they did. They did. Now, they went out and they did invest. Melanson led the league in saves. Nobody should have expected this, that Melanson would be this terrible. They shouldn't have. Nobody should have expected that Kennedy was going to be this terrible. I don't know what I, I applauded them for spending money on the bullpen. I think it was the right thing to do. But I liked what Tori Lovello said yesterday about maybe we've got to start doing this in-house. 
and start to develop our own guys. He kind of hinted at that yesterday when he was on with us. And maybe that's what they have to do because it's, I mean, you just having to go out and get a free agent reliever and try in that, man, it's like, it's hard. Like, yeah. it's hard to do. Yeah. So we'll see what they do differently tonight. I mean, you're reporting who they're not going to call upon with some suggestions on and who they yeah, are going to call upon. I think it'll be one of those upon. two guys, and uh, I don't expect that they will go back to Melanson or Kennedy. And if people are wondering why not Mantiply, um, I, I don't know this for sure, but looking at Joe Mansupply and what are considered high leverage situations, right? Situations that call that runners on base or high leverage situations because it's a one run game or a close situation. His numbers have not been very good this year at all. So that might be another reason why Mantiply wouldn't be yeah. a, a candidate. I do for not that believe job. that Mantiply is a candidate for the closers job. I do not believe that Mantiply is. If they're in a save situation tonight, I would probably, I'd bet a few shekels that it will either be Caleb Smith or Moranta, but I couldn't tell you which one it will be. But I would almost guarantee you that it will not be Kennedy or Melanson. Something else this team is doing down the stretch, and that is a six-man rotation. Yes. Troy Lavello with us yesterday, and I interpreted this as... A little open for negotiation in terms of maybe some guys would be in a six-man rotation and some guys wouldn't. And I'll let Tori go into more detail. Yeah, I think so. We're going to stay right there for, for a little while. Um, and we're, we're obviously really excited about what Nelson did yesterday. And we're just going to keep building on that. We want to build in some rest for some guys. We've had a lot of guys that have been going super hard all year long and they've been healthy. Just going to give them an extra day in between here and there. Some guys may may get sped up and stay on, on turn. Um, we, we will play around that. Merrill is still on turn today. He was five days today. So we're going to adjust it, but we're going to give guys the, the rest they need based on the information we're getting um, and the things that we're seeing. We want to make sure we get through this season healthy. It was that line. Some guys yeah. may get sped up and stay on turn. And when he said that, I thought, that's Merrill Kelly. That's Zach Gallen. Those are the guys that you would want to pitch on turn. No, you would they, want to pitch every five days. Their plan is to be in a true six-man rotation. Um, if they're not going to make the playoffs, they want to space out the workload for these guys. Um, you know, and just, you know, it, it, it may save them a start in some innings, but it's more about the extra rest between starts. So I am not expecting that Merrill. Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen will pitch every fifth day. My expectations are that they are in a true six-man rotation wow. and that they're going to space out this workload. And it really is about just extra rest for each guy in between. They'll be a little bit stronger and fresher with that extra day of rest between each start. So I, I do believe that it will be a true six-man rotation. That surprises me a little. Based, yeah, okay. The, yeah. Only because I think there's a real chance here to finish with a 500 record or close to it, and I think that's something to be achieved. You know, I know it's just 500, but I think yeah. given the expectations going into the season, I think that's something to be achieved. And I think there are two guys in all the rest of the guys. I'd be fine with them stretching out, but I feel like Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly should pitch every fifth day. Like I, I, I feel like those guys should pitch every fifth day. Yeah, agree, um, disagree. Yeah, no, I, I, I can see that. I mean, for sure. I mean, I'd like to get to 500. Those guys haven't shown me. If those guys were showing me any signs at all of slowing down, then I would I would stop it. But if you're not going to – but I understand this. Listen, if you're not going to make the playoffs, um, 
It is about, it, 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 and you could give these guys a little extra rest and save some sure. innings or maybe manage start their on them, manage the next year. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is about the workload, right? It is about the workload and next year. I mean, because next year, they, they're going to expect to make a move next year. They really are. Like, they, they, like this time frame has been sped up by one year. They expect to compete next year, not two years from now. Yeah. Texas, your thoughts? The FanDuel text line It's open for you right now at 62620. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, teams in the NFL that could surprise us both good and bad. Which category are the Arizona Cardinals in? We'll tell you coming up here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. John Gambadero, Dave Burns here on the Burns and Gambo Show as we inch closer to the Cardinals' season opener against the Kansas City Chiefs Let's on go. Sunday. Of course, tomorrow, the NFL opener between the Rams and the Bills and what's going to be a great week one. I mean, just the, just the primetime games alone. Rams, that's Bills. can't miss tomorrow night. Like, you, you, you can't, miss. can't miss. I, 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 in a way, I almost think all three are can't miss in terms of the primetime game. Right, give me him. Give me him. Rams, Bills. Can't miss. Thursday. Bucks, Cowboys, Sunday night. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, you want to watch it. But, like, Bill's Rams is better than me. Okay. Bronco Seahawks Monday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's probably going to be Russell a bloodbath. That's, that's, yeah, that's going to be a bloodbath. But, I mean, who who doesn't want to see a little Pete Carroll bloodbath on Monday? Night? I mean, what, no faith in Geno Smith? None. Zero. And me either. <laughs> Completely empty. I got I just listen. I, I give Geno Smith all the all the credit in the world because when you suck that bad and you're like still in the NFL after all these years, man, I got I got I don't know what you're doing. Like I really have no idea. This guy's been in the league since 2013. I don't know how. I mean, I really don't know how. Now he's terrible. Like he's absolutely brutal, and he's still in the league. He's got eight yet nine year making money in the NFL. God bless him. God oh, bless him. Just real quick, totally yeah. off topic. Yeah. I've been joking all week about the things that I missed when I was on vacation because yeah. I was like really off grid. I couldn't really get much information. Yeah. Did nothing happen with Jimmy G while I was gone? Did- they they kept him and they restructured his deal. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, so they oh, they oh, kept him. Oh, restructured I, his I deal. Have literally no idea. All of a sudden I'm thinking, oh yeah, what the hell happened to Jimmy G? Jimmy G is the backup quarterback for the 49ers in that oh. locker room with Trey Lance. I, I was ready for every guy on that roster to be calling for Jimmy G to take over if Trey Lance struggles. I and was, he has a no tag, no trade clause. Get out, really? So he's yeah. going to be a free agent after the season no matter what. He gets six, I think about six million guaranteed incentives wow. to be the backup. So they bought themselves some serious Trey Lance insurance just in case Trey Lance no bueno, right? They're kind of they buy themselves covered. a major headache for Trey Lance or he's got to look over his shoulder the entire time. Do you have a divided locker room? Do you? Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I was, again, I, I was in Big Sur for most of last week and there's not a lot of cell phone coverage there. So I was not getting a ton of information coming in and it was Where just. Where were you in? There was no cell service? Big Sur. It was, it's really. There's no cell service? Very spotty. Very yeah. spotty, yeah. Like, like I told you when we when we left Big Sur, like as soon as we got into an area that had decent service, both of our phones just started ding, 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 ding. All the how text messages you, we weren't getting. How long do you think you could disconnect completely from any any technology like that? What's the longest you think you can go? As long as you assured me my children were safe, I think I could go a whole week and be completely disconnected. And like one week completely disconnected. One week, I, no iPad, no cell phone, nothing. no anything, nothing. Just a good book, and I'm fine. Yeah, I think I could go. You, 
I want to try it. <laughs> I swear I want to try it. <laughs> for I'll tell you what, for three days it was when glorious. I, for, listen, I can't wait to delete Twitter. I cannot wait. It was it was awesome. Yeah. I, I, so you don't know how long you could go, how long you'd want to like go? Like right now? I don't think I could go a day. Yeah. I don't think I can go one day without I, it right I, now. I could go a week and I, don't, I, I just don't think I can. Second. Uh, as long as I knew everybody in my, like, I wasn't going to get my service back and find out that I'd missed some tragedy. Well, you know, I'd want to be reachable right, right, in case right. something awful happened. So as long as I knew that, yeah, give me a whole well, week. Get your dial-up phone in your house for a week. <laughs> give me a whole week without With that With the rotary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So as we get closer to the season, um, the previews are coming in and the predictions are coming in. And I saw two that caught my eye today. And in some ways, they're like directly contrasting each other when it comes to the Cardinals. I'm going to start with the bad first. This uh, survey done by the Athletic website to start the NFL season, they asked 18 different people around the NFL, coaches, general managers, front office executives, assistant coaches, etc., etc. And they asked them kind of garden variety questions like MVP, defensive player of the year, blah, blah, blah. One of the, the Cardinals were not mentioned in any category at all, none, except for this one. Name three teams that will surprise people in a bad way. The Cardinals got the most votes out of any team in the NFL. Name I don't think we should be surprised by that. That people feel that way. Now, here locally, we may not. But I understand because from the outside looking in, what's the first thing you notice about this team? They lost Chandler Jones. They didn't replace him with a pass rusher. Oh, that's the first thing you notice. Okay, mm-hmm. what's the second thing you noticed? They didn't upgrade their their cornerback spot at all. Like they didn't draft one. They didn't sign one in free agency, and that was their, like, what's the Cardinals' weakness? Their cornerback. Like, what did they do? They didn't do anything. Like they had the unfortunate, you know, death of, of Jeff Gladney, where they they tried to fix it, but um, even after that, right, they had to wait for Trayvon Mullen in order to do something. So I think when you look at those two things, people are going to be like, man, a Cardinals defense is going to give up a lot of points. They don't have a pass rush, and a secondary is no good. Now, maybe they prove us wrong. You know, maybe in the end, you know, these units prove a lot of people wrong. Uh, like, I, th- I think that there will be somebody that steps up and delivers. Maybe it's Victor Demukeji. Maybe it's somebody else that will step up and deliver a bunch of sacks for them. Uh, but I don't know for sure. But I understand that why that's why people would think that. And then you got the DeAndre Hopkins suspended for six games. Right, that was one of the things that was mentioned too. You got yeah. the Cardinals late season collapses, and then you got the Cardinals schedule, which is brutal. It's yeah. a brutal schedule. I put it all together. People think that they may slide. The other teams that got more than two votes. So the Cardinals got six votes. The Titans got four. I could totally see that. The Packers got three. The Bucks got three. And the Seahawks got three. Now, the Seahawks surprised me a little bit because who's expecting the Seahawks to be good? I mean, why would that surprise people in a bad way if yeah. the Seahawks are bad? I think we're expecting that. But the Cardinals led the way on that. Now, counter that with Bill Barnwell's article this morning on ESPN.com. How can all 32 teams win the Super Bowl? And he wrote it. He said, look, I, I get it. There's a chance your team's not going to win the Super Bowl. This time a year ago, nobody thought the Cincinnati Bengals were going to the Super Bowl. Nobody. 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 So when I write this article, understand everybody's got a shot at this. I'm just trying to figure out what their path is and how they can get there. No, they have, listen, there are definitely teams that don't have a shot at this. 
Yeah, there's a yeah, Geno Smith, your quarterback, you don't have a shot you don't at it. Shot. The Jags don't have a shot yeah. at it. The, the Giants don't have a don't shot, have shot at it. There, there are some who don't, the Jets they, don't have a shot at it. But for the Bengals, like every single little thing had to go right for them last year. And it did. Every single thing and did. And they were still down by three touchdowns to Kansas City and came back and won in the championship true. game. That's true. He had the Arizona Cardinals with the eighth best chance to win the Super Bowl. To win the Super Bowl. See, you see the, the, the disparity between oh, what some people think and what others think? It's weird, isn't it? What was the cut we played yesterday, the the Peter Schrager show, where uh, somebody, was it McCourty or somebody was, came uh, out? It was Jason McCourty who Jason said he, McCourty? They're going to the gonna win the division. They're going to win the division. Cardinals are going to win the division. Well, that's a, you know, wow, people are like, they were losing their mind over that. So... I do think there are people that believe in the Cardinals, and in a, it's almost like one or the other, right? I don't think people think that the Cardinals are going to be average. People think that way. Well, they're going to be really good, or they're going to really take a step back. Maybe there's some that think they'll be mediocre. I think there was even one prediction you shared with me oh, today. This was the best. Via the email. This was the best. The, uh, the, the, the bold prediction, they'll finish yeah. last in the division, right? There yes. was one for, they'll finish 6 and 11 and, and tie for last in I the NFC West. West. But that was the prediction, yeah, that they would win 6 and 11. Yeah, and like, I don't see that. That is too good of a football team. There's too much talent to go 6 and 11. I'd be shocked. Like, right? Not, I don't know, but I, I would be shocked if they went 6 and 11. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it's the top story of the day, and we'll circle back to it in addition to all the the other big stories of the day in the 4 o'clock reset. The Cardinals injury situation going into a week one, it doesn't appear to be ideal. We'll give you all the details next on the Burns and Gambo Show.